Welcome. I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and even a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, KristenEsser.com, or on Instagram at KristenEsser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. Welcome to episode 11 in the heat of summer here in the U.S. Oh my goodness, so hot. Well, part of it is that I'm recording in the closet again because there are three very large children, ages 15 to 20, um, downstairs. It just told them, don't bother me, but I cannot record downstairs where I normally do while there are so many people around. But I am very glad to be here. It is July 5th, and uh, we're just coming off of the, the the holidays here. In our little town, we actually celebrate Independence Day on July 3rd because it's cheaper to do the fireworks on July 3rd. Apparently, it's pretty common with small um, towns to do that. I'd never actually heard of anyone besides us doing that until I talked to a friend from Georgia, and they do the same thing in that town. So it kind of gives us two days. We kind of do a fun thing on July 3rd. Actually, this year, the kids all went their separate ways with their friends. And then my husband and I just walked down the street to the park and watched fireworks. And then everybody was home on July 4th, and we cooked out and had a great meal. And so yeah, so we're just kind of coming off that whole holiday vibe. Backing up here, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for spending this time with me. I truly appreciate it. I hope that you are doing something fun, maybe sitting down with some handwork with a cup of tea. My cup of tea today, do not judge please, is iced tea. Not that that would be judge worthy, but it is Lipton cold brew iced tea. It is the easiest iced tea in the world to make. It comes in these really big tea bags. I put in a two gallon mason jar and it steeps for three minutes and I've got tea. And that is what I've been drinking a lot of these days. I could probably really up my iced tea game, but you know, what can I say? That gets the job done. I do want to take a second to thank those of you who have left uh, reviews and ratings. I've got a couple new reviews, so thank you to, I love this handle, Got Edward Cullen, Twilight fan, and also C. May Quilter. Both said some very nice things, uh, left reviews on the podcast. Completely appreciate that. Um, I know it takes some time out of your day to, to log in and do that. So thank you very much. And I just encourage you, if you enjoy the podcast, share it, help spread the word. Um, you know, just trying to grow this community of crafty people who are um, just intentional about how you're spending your time, you know, knitting, sewing, quilting, uh, making a cozy home, just trying to build this community because I think that we all have a lot of ways that we can connect in more than just one part of our lives. So thanks again for that. Let's start with what's on my cutting table. I am so happy to report that I finished and mailed a quilt. Actually, it should be getting there today, which is very exciting. I actually mailed two quilts. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, A few episodes back, I talked about a baby quilt that I was doing for a niece that um, had her third little boy. And I found a panel of adorable 
kid, little kid fabric in my stash from back when I thought I wanted to make quilts for an Etsy shop. And I turned that just into a um, whole cloth quilt. I, I basted it on my design wall. I think I talked about that on another podcast. And I quilted it with a um, organic uh, wavy curve uh, with a walking foot, just top to bottom, totally zen, easy as can be. It'll crinkle up nice. And, um, and then I had some extra fabric that I turned into a couple of burp cloths and put that in with a Target gift card and mailed that off. And so she should be getting that today. And it was just so fun to just, you know, have such a, a quick and easy wind. I texted my, one of my friends and said, I think that I have found my new thing and they are whole cloth baby quilts because at, you know, roughly 40-ish inches, it was actually rectangular, but it's, you know, 40-ish inches square, so easy to quilt. It took no time to bind, and you know, so it was just, it was really fun. So um, I, I'm not big on usually sending people baby quilts because I'm a selfish quilter and I feel really bad about that. And I'm trying to change my mindset about that. And I'll tell you why. Oh my goodness. It's been a year now. You might follow, have followed a quilter on Instagram. Her name, uh, the, her handle was Sewn with Grace. Her name was Renee Lang. And she was absolutely the sweetest woman on the internet. And I just, you know, I met her on Instagram. We exchanged a couple little packages back and forth um, a couple times and, you know, just messaged or whatever, you know, just one of those little internet friendships. Um, And about a year ago, like in May, she fell down some stairs taking a suitcase to the basement and um, broke like both ankles. I can't even remember exactly how it all went down, but she needed surgery on one, um, but the other one was sprained or broken. And so she was off her feet for a while, and then she was getting better, and I remember very well that she posted her July 4th, um, kind of her porch, you know, and all decked out and everything, and then the next thing I knew, and then she died the next day. And she, um, I guess I'm not a hundred percent sure. There's a few of us that were talking, you know, who, cause she, she reached out to so many people. Um, I think it was one of those blood clot issues and being off your feet after surgery and all that, you know, it's, it's one, you know, they want you to keep moving. Right. Um, what's that called? Like deep vein thrombosis, maybe, maybe, but, um, if you're both legs are broken or not working, it's hard to get moving. Right. Anyways, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I've never met this woman in real life, although um, I meant to tell the story a while back, but in some ways it was too raw. One of the first pairs of socks that um, I knit um, as when I started this podcast was through this whole thing where we, she and I used to tag each other in giveaways, and she won this giveaway through um, Olivia This Handmade Life. And Olivia contacted me and said, Renee won this, but she tagged you, so I want to send you something. And then like a week later, Renee died, and I just wanted to let Olivia know that because I didn't want these packages showing up at her house, you know, like as a reminder with her family and all that. And so anyways, Olivia ended up sending me that yarn, which now is a pair of socks that I cherish because it reminds me of Renee. So where I'm going with all of this is that I saw a picture of Renee's funeral online and her family had reached out and said if you 
to, to you know, all the friends and family that were coming to the funeral, that if if you were one of the many recipients of something that handmade from Renee, please bring it. And the pictures of the funeral were amazing. It was in a church, and all the pews were covered with quilts that she had made other people. And that's when I made this connection of, Kristen, you are a selfish quilter, because I kind of have this thing that people don't really get the expense and the time that goes into making a quilt. and But I also, on the other side of that, feel that people are afraid to sometimes use things that you make them. And um, when I first gave my dad a quilt, I was like, I am begging you to use this. Do not put it on a closet because, you know, like put it up on a shelf because it's too good to use or whatever. Use it, wash it. It gets better with, you know, with use. And then, um, and I know that when uh, my kids were little, uh, somebody, kind of the mother of a friend, crocheted a beautiful blanket and we barely used it because I was so afraid that it, I would ruin it. And so it just didn't get used. And so I feel like other people feel that same way. But... After that thing with Renee, I was like, okay, I need to spread the love around. So I've been trying to do that. I've actually made my dad a couple of quilts. Um, and now I'm working my way through my family. So the uh, I did this quilt that is um, kind of yellow and orange um, and green. That was It was the one, it was this um, diamonds. It was in Love Patchwork and Quilting. And it's very much the colors that my sister-in-law loves. So when that came back, I sent it to them and got like the most amazing reception. You know, like I cried and I was like, okay, yes, you are quilt worthy. <laughs> and then I have my aunt and uncle, um, they lost their home in one of the many hurricanes we had. The uh, I can't even remember which one it was. It's the one that was in Texas. So when they moved, I ended up sending um, them a quilt that I had just, it was the, it was so cute, the dot and dash pattern from uh, from Krista Watson. And, and also got just like, you know, the greatest reception, uh, you know, just, so you just know that they really appreciated it. And so after I sent this baby quilt, um, my I've took the granny square quilt that I made last year um, with the, the LaConnor fabric and I sent it to my um, brother and his family up in uh, the Seattle area, which is kind of perfect because that's where LaConnor is. And when we went up to visit them last year, we visited LaConnor with them. So it's like there, it's the perfect um, home for that. But I have to say, I don't know, tell me if you have this same kind of issue. We use the quilts that I have made all the time, you know, like in our everyday life. It's just they're on the, I'm picking them up and folding them. They're on the floor all the time. But all these, but they're the quilts from years ago. And I feel like I make such better quilts now, but all these new ones that are way more to my taste, I keep giving away. So they're always a little bit hard to let go of, but I'm always just really glad that I did so. So anyway, so I'm trying to transform into a, a more selfless quilter. The other quilt that I'm working on right now is the Moda Bake Shop Summer Quilt Along Quilt. <laughs> the Moda Bake Shop Summer Choose Your Own Adventure Quilt Along Quilt. How's that for a, a handle? But this has been really fun. Um, I don't know if you're following along, but every summer the Moda Bake Shop does some kind of big event. And so this year, I've mentioned it before, and if you follow me, you're probably sick of it. But just quickly, I will say that um, it's, a, it's a medallion quilt 
every week um, a new path around it is is revealed and there's always two choices so there was two choices for the center one was a pieced star and one was a dresden and then the next week has now been revealed which so there's like a little skinny white border that goes around um, and that's to uh, compensate for you know like so the quilt math works out. So if you've got a, you know, um, what was it? Probably like a four inch four patch that's going to go around. It doesn't always fit exactly. So so there's a little white kind of spacer to, to make the quilt work out between rows. And it also helps people compensate if their centers are, and their rounds are not coming out exactly because everyone's quarter inch kind of varies which sounds kind of weird but things don't come out so if you do that little space around you can make it fit whatever works for you so now the next round is either a four patch or I think it's really kind of like a nine patch little crosses I chose the pieced center star and the four patch and um, I'm one of they call them the camp counselors um, so I will have a post in a couple weeks my my rows like the I don't know like the fourth one or something so I'm working ahead on that so that I can get that post written and photographed and um, so that's really been consuming a lot of my time is like trying to stay ahead on this on this quilt along I've mentioned before that I'm using these Moda color cuts and I'm really enjoying them um, I really like the the controlled color palette but still to me it seems pretty scrappy um, so that, you know, which sounds really weird but I'm I'm very much enjoying that and let me know if you got if you're making it if you're following along I, I'm definitely following the hashtag and if you are also, I just recently found out that there is a Facebook group called the um, Moda Bake Shop Bakers, and that's where people who are making projects from the Moda Bake Shop uh, gather, and right now it's just full of people doing the, the quilt along, and oh my gosh, the inspiration on there. People have such amazing color senses. You know, they people are putting together things that I would never have picked. Um, people are picking busy backgrounds, which is uh, not something that I normally do. I like the crisp look, but um, I'm just really enjoying seeing just the creativity of how people put it together and how many people don't seem to be able to decide which they call them paths. Do you want to go path A or path B? Which one they want to pick? So they're basically making two versions of the quilt, choosing different, you know, doing both paths on different quilts, especially the center. Um, a lot of people after they did the Dresden said, oh, I really want to do this star. And I'm kind of tempted to do the Dresden. I've never done a Dresden. I'm not... Um, even though I love handwork, not really huge into to hand applique. I don't know why. I just I feel like I'm just not good at it. But the Dresdens are amazing. So so that's kind of what's going on um, in the quilting world. I'm also working on um, playing around with flying geese on kind of my own time, and I'm doing this epic blog post soon about just all the different ways to make flying geese, and there are many, and but I definitely have, uh, have my favorites. So that's what's going on quilting-wise. This is the part where I usually talk about what I've been knitting, but this is going to be really short because I've not been knitting. I don't think I've picked up my knitting needle since the last podcast any handwork I've been doing has been hand piecing which I've just been I don't know you know I just fall in and out of love with things and right now I'm back on the hand piecing bandwagon spending lots of time sitting outside when uh, the weather's cooperating and uh, and just doing some hand sewing so 
you know, I think when we go on vacation later this month, I'll definitely um, be bringing my, by knitting, and I often knock out a pair of socks um, when we go on vacation, just because it's a, it's a really good downtime kind of activity. But I'm also bringing my handpiece in there, so who knows? I have been doing quite a lot of reading lately. Um, I've got quite a list of books to kind of talk about here. So I think I mentioned on the last podcast that um, I joined this uh, kind of book club on Goodreads. And when I say joined, I mean, I click the button and I'm reading the books they're reading. But in true Christian fashion, that's it. I'm not actually joining in on the discussion because you know, I'm just in some ways trying to reduce the amount of time I spend on social media, but I do completely love, you know, uh, hearing the book suggestions. And I actually really enjoyed both the books that they read. So the la- the first one, she picks two books per month, and they were The Forever Summer, which I talked about on the last podcast, and The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware, W-A-R-E. She apparently um, has written other books. And I had not heard of her, and I enjoyed it very much. It's it's a new book out, and I was like 25th on my uh, library wait list for it. So I kind of had written it off, but then I think it got popular because I got a copy, and it looked brand new. So I feel like they bought new copies to meet the demand. And it, if you like Kate Morton, I feel like it had a similar vibe to Kate Morton. I would give Kate Morton books the edge. I think they're a little bit better written and just a little bit more, there's just a little bit more to them. But the the concept, the idea of the book is that there's a, a girl, she's 20, this which is also resonated because I have a daughter who's 20, um, whose mother had died a few years before and this girl is basically just hustling to try to keep her head above water. And um, her mom had a a little kiosk on a pier where she was a psychic and um, did like tarot cards and stuff like that. So this girl basically just kept the business going. But, you know, she's got loan sharks after her. She's things are kind of a mess when she gets a letter that she has inherited um, her that her grandmother's died and then she's inherited something. And this all seems a little weird to her, even though it's her name, it's her address and everything, that she knows that her grandparents died like 20 years before. And so she knows there has to be some kind of a mistake, but still she's going to go check out the situation because she needs money. And she's thinking, oh, you know, if I inherited a few thousand pounds, it's of course it's in England. Where else would it be if, I, if I'm reading it? Um this could just help her get out of trouble. And so she goes to the funeral and she goes to the reading of the will and all that. And then I always want to say shenanigans ensue. This is where the story gets going. And just all kinds of secrets are revealed, things about her past that she didn't know. A little bit of a thriller, a little bit of a, a mystery, though not really a, a murder mystery um, that just kind of keeps you guessing. This book was also, as it said on the cover, it was a Reese Witherspoon book club choice. And um, her little quote was like, it keeps you guessing to the last page or something. But, so it was fun. I read it in like two days, flew right through it and and totally enjoyed it. And I think I will try another one of hers. Um, I hate it when I do this. I, I want to tell you the name of something, but it's probably wrong. It's like the the woman in room 10 or something um, that was also, I think, a bestseller. So so that's the first one. Um, last time I told you I was reading these uh, Elizabeth George mystery, and um, 
it's really thick. It's like 700 pages. And I actually have it as a, as a physical book and not an, an ebook. And I feel like at another time in my life or another season that, um, I could really get into these mysteries and she's written a lot of them, but right now is not that time. Number one, (laughs) it's a 700 page book and it's heavy to hold. So I'm just kind of not enjoying it, uh, you know, like on a physical level, but also, How I know that a book has captured my imagination is when I feel compelled to read it during the day. If I'm only reading before I go to bed, which I do every night, but if I only read a book then, I make no progress because I'm, I've just, I fall asleep. So it it has to be capturing my imagination enough that I want to pick it up during the day and kind of make some headway here and there during the day. And I'm realizing that this book is dragging on because I don't feel compelled to do that. So I'm, I'm cutting it loose. I'm letting that one go. And the other book that I finished, I'm like mildly embarrassed to even tell you about it because it's it did not turn out to be my thing, but it might be someone else's thing. And I didn't hate it. So on another podcast, if you listen to the Sorta Awesome podcast, they start out every episode with the awesome of the week, just like some little thing that is making their life better. And the host um, mentioned this book that someone else had told her about that they loved and something she loved it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. It was $1.99. It was called Neanderthal Meets Human, A Smart Romance. And I should know, I've kind of moved on past romances (laughs) in my life. I used to love them, not so much anymore. They feel a little lightweight and often predictable. But um, she gave it really high marks and it was was like on sale for $1.99. And then... It was right before I was driving down to um, to San Diego to pick up Chloe and the audible um, narration was on sale too. So I'm like, and it was like $7. So not super cheap, but half of what it normally is. And I'm like, you know what? This would be perfect to listen on my trip. So I did a thing where I kind of bounced back and forth between the narration and the book, which is really cool because they keep track with each other and they will ask you like, you last heard this as an audiobook, and now you're actually here. Do you want me to flip to this part of the book? And I'm like, yes. So that that's pretty cool. But um, so this book was it's 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 a romance. It just is, and it's like pretty predictable. But there there was some kind of some fun things. There's it's it's about this girl who gets fired. It has a, like the worst day ever. She gets fired. She finds out a boy boyfriend is cheating on her. Um, she has to move out of her house. You know, it's just like everything bad happens to her. And um, and that's kind of the turning point where she, she meets somebody and um, who's, of course, very, very hot. <laughs> and, um, oh, I don't really want to give too, too much away here. But anyways, she gets a new job. Um, things seem a little weird with the company. She's really quirky. She's... Um, yeah, she's she's really quirky, which is kind of in a, in a very funny way. Um, so, anyways, it's a tiny, tiny bit racy. Like, if you're okay with Outlander, this is nothing <laughs> compared to that. But um, you know, it's cute, and the um, and, and so they call it. They even think it's called a smart romance, and I don't know. It's uh, it's borderline. But anyways, um, I did completely listen to that while I w- I've been doing a ton of sewing, and I bought the audiobook. So that's I'm giving it a very uh, lukewarm endorsement. It's super lightweight. So if you just want something that's just kind of sheer entertainment, you know, that might be your, be your thing. My Kindle is packed with books to read on our beach vacation, so I'll hopefully have more to talk about when we come back from that. But if you happen to catch 
on one of my latest blog posts, it was called my mid-year goal check, um, where, you know, I kind of went through the things that I, you know, had outlined at the beginning of the year that I wanted to do. I realized under one category, which is be a better person, <laughs> um, I had a bunch of reading goals that I, I kind of, you know, hadn't been making much progress on. One of them was to read more poetry. I want to read a C.S. Lewis book. Um, and so I actually did order... Uh, I think three volumes of poetry from the library, um, Surprised by Joy by C.S. Lewis. And so I'm definitely going to take those to the beach. And I also grabbed the physical book version of Gifts from the Sea by, oh gosh, I'll put it in the show notes, by the way, as usual, um, everything is in the show notes, all these, the links to everything. But it's a book that um, a lot of people tend to enjoy. And I read it on vacation almost every year. I've never made it all the way through it. I have the Kindle version and I have a feeling that the physical version of this book is what I need to actually get through the whole thing. But it's basically about a woman who's a writer who goes um, to the sea to to write a book like completely by herself and she's taking walks and and it's just it's a it's a very um, contemplative and reflective book and I just it's it's really nice to read on vacation so I've got a bunch of stuff coming from the library in addition to a fully packed Kindle so kind of more on more on that later and I don't know about you but I am so ready for some of my shows to come back like the next season of This Is Us and The Crown and Victoria and all those things. So I've, um, you know, just been watching stuff here and, and there. Nothing great to report. Actually, again, semi-embarrassed to admit that um, while I've been making this last quilt, the show that has kept me <laughs> company most of all is The Flash. I am the only person in my family that is still watching The Flash. I used to think it was it was kind of delightful in the first season. It's it gets darker and darker, and I'm sort of only half paying attention to it. But somehow I've become invested in these characters. So the fact that I'm into a superhero um, show is so not me. In the same way that nobody could believe back in the uh, 80s and 90s, I guess it really was, that I was a complete Star Trek Next Generation fan. Huge fan. Complete crush on Jean-Luc Picard. Nobody could believe this. Um, and so this is my thing with The Flash. My kids are like, you're still watching The Flash? I can't even believe that. But uh, And then I even moved on to The Arrow, which is sort of um, its darker cousin, and, and they're in the same universe, and they kind of have these cross episodes. Um, I've really lost track on that one. I'll probably never quite go back to that one. It's a lot darker than The Flash. But So yeah, actually, I've been watching The Flash. And then I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, we kind of have this tradition. For years, we read to the kids every night. Like, we read through the whole Harry Potter series. We've read them, um, the Tarzan books. You know, I mean, just like, you know, we read for years. And somewhere along the line, because of this five-year age span between them, it was hard to find, to continue on with things that, that worked for everybody. and um, But we still do gather every night and watch a show together. And we've worked our way. And, you know, my kids are a little older now, so that really helps. But we've worked our way through um, The Office, which I am constantly surprised by how much teenage kids love a show about people working in an office. But it's sort of universal. I'm telling you, middle school kids love The Office. It's super weird. So we did The Office. We've done Parks and Rec. And now we are on the last season of Seinfeld. And that was another show that, you know, my husband and I, we would just say things 
and go, oh, that's from Seinfeld. Someday you guys got to watch Seinfeld. But we kind of also thought that it was going to be a hard sell to get them to watch Seinfeld because it seems really dated. And my kids love to joke about how many problems on Seinfeld would have been solved with the use of cell phones, <laughs> you know, like the times that they're missing each other at the movies and, and stuff like that. So the first couple episodes, um, you know, just the way they're dressed and everything, uh, my kids were a little like, oh, I don't know about this. But pretty quickly, they got just as invested. And um, so they're, they're like all in on Seinfeld. And we're in the last season, which is, um, I think, undebatably the worst. So um we're, we're almost done with that, but it's, it's been really fun. And there's so many little sayings that come from Seinfeld that we were, we're like, you know, this is where that originated from. And I'm trying to think of an example of that. Well, you know, just even the no soup for you and yada, yada, yada. And I don't know, there's like a gazillion things that are like, go back to Seinfeld and they have a hard time believing that that is really where, where it came from. So anyway, so that's uh, nothing much to report there, but totally enjoying sharing my, some of my favorite shows with my kids. On the homemaking front, um, what I've been basically doing is, is what I said I was to do last um, time, which is I'm really trying to set aside a few minutes, 15, 20, whatever, minutes a day to kind of work through the house with the deep cleaning. So I'm finally getting through some things in the kitchen. I have not lined those doors with cork yet. Someday I will. But, um, you know, just cleaning things out. But really what I need to be doing is now that everyone's home, we really need to do some some reconfiguring and making space for all the kids that are home. Although my daughter's going to be up and gone to Norway in a month. So I don't know. Maybe it's not even worth it. But I'm really just trying to help us um, settle in. People are home a lot during the day. Um, two of my kids are kind of doing school, you know, summer school kind of things, and just trying to make the environment a little bit more more pleasing, as well as um, getting things cleared out of their rooms that are sort of not reflective of the ages they are now. We have. I don't want to say we have a smaller home, but we have. Um, my sons have always grew up sharing sharing a room, and then Chloe had her room, and then when she goes to school, um, one of them moves into her room, and it's kind of like half the closet's his, and he's got you know most of the dresser drawers and a couple shelves on the on the on the bookshelf, so it's kind of like half the room. But he's completely okay with that, which is really nice because then he can just pop back um, into the into the the other room when she comes home to visit, and that's what happens during the summer. But we really could. Um, get rid of, you know, some of the, the decor items and things. I guess where I was going with this is that it's not like we still have toys and old books. The rooms are way too small to really hang on to much stuff. So we go through these periods of purging, but, you know, just as they hit these, you know, different ages, like Jonah's going to be going away to college. So we can probably do a whole new level of, of decluttering and just deciding what to let go and what to put away in a keepsake box that can just, you know, go up in the attic. And that's what we do is I keep these, um, kind of Rubbermaid containers in their closets, like kind of, you know, those kind of big rectangular ones. And then when we do these declutterings, which we usually do every summer, um, they can either let stuff go or they can just put it in put it in there. And then when they fill up, they go up in the attic and I get them a new one. And, and you know, they, it takes five, eight years to fill one up because they don't keep that much stuff. But also the next year when they go through it to add more stuff, then they'll often look at stuff in there and go, oh, you know, 
this was important to me last year, but now I realize I can let this go. So it's also kind of, they're even decluttering the keepsake box. So that's kind of what we need to, to be concentrating on. Um, especially as, you know, my daughter's going to be graduating from college in a few years. Ah! And, uh, you know, and she's going to be probably in an apartment where she's going to be taking furniture. So it, it, all the things that we can do to kind of clear the decks now is probably what we should be doing. And the other thing I kind of wanted to mention, and I hesitate to mention it um, because I haven't truly checked it out yet, but I don't know if you have ever heard of this um, website called Brocante Home. It's run by this woman in England named Alison May, and she's all about cozy homekeeping and um she's written a ton of little ebooks um that are kind of seasonal and she she just is all about kind of puttering in your home and making homemaking fun and not just drudgery and she has this thing about every day about having what she calls your your puttery treat like just something that you do for yourself to sit down with a cup of tea or take a bath or whatever and um she has as kind of an interesting history. I haven't followed her for all that long. I kind of got into it about a year or so ago, but she's definitely had her ups and downs in in life. I feel like she's gone through divorces and remarriages, which has all affected, uh, you know, her writing. But she's created um, one of those kind of membership sites that I I joined like a year ago. It was like $7 for the year called The Living Room. where it was just a place to share, you know, like your love of homemaking and things like that. And she's made that just free as a Facebook group now. And um, so I just kind of got back on that a few days ago. And it is just kind of fun to be interacting with other people who um, who are kind of just interested in changing things up on a seasonal basis and, and who just are really, you know, inspired to to make a cozy home. So I'll put a link for what it's worth to the Facebook group and um, you can kind of check it out. But I, I'm i a person who is a bit of an inspiration junkie. So I really, um, I really like it when I can just kind of surround myself on Instagram. I do it with quilts and, and knitting and Facebook groups as well. And this is just sort of that same sort of homemaking inspiration that I get kind of a kick out of. Um, it's kind of a new thing, so I feel like I don't want to give it too big of an endorsement, but you just may want to check it out. So that really wraps up this episode, this mid-July hot summer episode. I hope that you are enjoying, um, you know, whether you're in summer or, or winter here, that you're enjoying just the, the transition of seasons and, and whatever that season is bringing you. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope that um, you were able to do something fun while you were listening. And um, we'll see you next time.